morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It is time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea and sit back so we can talk about what is happening up in the sky above us for the weekend. It's Friday. Hopefully everybody's happy about that. And what is going on with everybody? I got to know. I got to know because I have, you know, had some shocking things happening. Not shocking bad either, but shocking weird. As in, uh, for example, Wednesday night, watching TV, minding my own business, and boom, like, like, boom, the, the internet went out. And everything went not dark in the house because the electricity didn't go out. But the the whole internet system went out. So the TV went off, the internet streaming services went off. I couldn't get, I can't use my phone. Well, when the internet's out and it was kind of crazy. And I was like, well, I don't know what to think. So I ended up having to call wave broadband wave. Mm. If any of you all out there have wave broadband, just shake your head, you know, just shake your head because (laughs) it is, um, it is one of those things that creates uh, havoc in um, on the island here. We can only use that one broadcasting uh, company or that one cable company. And I don't know, maybe it's the weather. I, it just seems like this year I'm having more and more issues with internet. So it drives me a little bit crazy. And yesterday I finally got a hold uh, in the car on my way to town was the only way that I could call Wave. And of course, they want you to be near your equipment so you can restart it. And I said, oh, hey, look, I can't do that because as soon as the Internet goes down, I have no cell service. I sit kind of in a place where I don't receive my cell signal. And the girl was really kind of nice. She took me through the whole process. She reset my equipment, even though I wasn't at home. But then when I got home, it wasn't working. Uh, we also set up an appointment for a guy to come out today or uh, to a tech to come out and, and take a look at the system and see what's going on. So hopefully the system, which I finally got up at about 4.30 yesterday, maybe, all of a sudden I thought, you know, what would happen if I just unplugged everything? Just unplugged everything. And I did. And then I plugged. I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? It's not working anyway. So it can't work, unwork. It can't not work any worse. So I unplugged everything, and then I went in reverse order and plugged everything back in, and voila, it was all better. I love it. So uh, the internet was better, but what is going on in my living room with the television is a completely different story. It is not working at all, and it just uh, is, I don't know. It is trying to to work, but it isn't working. And uh, I don't know what to do about that except to have the tech look at it. So today the tech is coming. Hopefully my internet will be down just for a short period of time while they work on it. But I am so sorry for those of you who had readings scheduled today. I had to cancel everybody because I don't know when they're coming. They tell me we'll be there from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Thanks, that's very specific. So if I suddenly have to leave air this morning, you'll know why, because they came at eight o'clock, but I don't hear anybody. I haven't gotten any texts, so uh, we'll see. 
In the meantime, let's chat about what is happening over the weekend. We have a lot going on, surprisingly, at this end of January. And it is kind of surprising because there's this weighted amount of things happening today and then others that are going on Saturday and on Sunday. And they're not terrible ones. A couple of them you got to watch, you know, some things about. But it does kind of, you know, when you pile them on like that, it can exacerbate anything else that's going on in your life, right? If you have something already uh, stressful, uh, it can just kind of ratchet that up. So we'll wait and see, of course. But at the end of the weekend, we'll know how it went. But I'm going to take you through everything this morning. And one of the most interesting things today is Uranus uh, turning direct. And, you know, we... We have a lot going on with Uranus in our uh, collective at the moment, and none the least of which is that he is coming out of his retrograde, which started back in August, August 28th, and is the kind of the, the trigger for things to turn around from being, you know, a little more muted to being much louder. So those voices of rebellion out there that have been sort of fomenting in the background individually, but mostly in the collective, are going to turn around and be very much seen in our outer world. So it'll be an interesting time as right now he's just hanging at the same degree, uh, 19 degrees and five minutes of Taurus, and won't change direction until later this evening. So It'll be into the weekend and into early next week when we start to really see the impulse of Uranus coming back. Because what happens in a retrograde, remember, is everything is happening on the inner planes or happening behind the scenes. When it turns to direct motion, then those rebellions, that revolutionary momentum, the impulse energy begins to be seen outside of us in the outer world. So, and and we know how kind of crazy it's been anyway with Uranus in retrograde. Uh, so you can just imagine, you know, that the amplification of that as he changes direction. Um, and changing direction means he's going to go back over the same degrees that he has been through already in your chart. So, you know, you've probably been you know, uh, experiencing things since August, and it's going to take until probably March for us to come back into new degrees of space. But let's start today with the moon. Uh, the moon is in Leo still. It's at, at the time I drew up the chart this morning, it was at 15 degrees, 48 minutes of Leo, having been full yesterday. And I wasn't able to even see the full moon. It was so cloudy, but you could still see the reflection of it coming through the clouds. So it must have been a powerful full moon or the clouds were thin. Okay. Yeah, they were probably thin. But at any rate, so how did your full moon go, right? What did you bring to a completion? And I, I have to say, in my mind, what's coming to completion for me is this, this playing around with this system I have. I am definitely going to be talking to these guys today about how can I make this system more stable here at my house? What do I need to do? Not that it hasn't been a good system. It has been because for the most part, I'm on air, I'm able to do my work. But when it goes out, it goes out bad, and I want to know what to fix. So okay, let's do that. And in your own lives, you may be finding yourselves at some point like that as well. 
So something could have come to completion. Something could have been revealed. Something may not be going the way that you planned it. And that's always important to understand. The full moon can bring us things like that. And what do I always say about those kinds of things? It's not that uh, you're being punished or that things are being taken away from you. It's that stopping point to see what new direction might be opening up, right? And we always want to be going with the flow. And if we're to go with the flow means that we have to be able to move around things, go under things, go over things, uh, or even just hold space until it's time to move. And to complicate matters just a titch, just a titch, today the moon will go into a very long void. And the void, of course, moon means the moon is, because the moon is the fastest moving body that we have in the sky. So she is often the prompter of things to happen. And when things don't happen the way that we want them to, it's sometimes because the moon has gone into the void. And in the void, it's just a wandering moon, right? She's just hanging around. She might be moving forward. Of course, she is. But she's not making any new aspects with any new planets. So there's not a perceived forward momentum going on in our lives. So what we feel is sort of a, a funk or a low or a stopping place, right? We, we just maybe sometimes are confused, like, why did this happen? That kind of thing. Now, this void will happen from 1.20 p.m. today, West Coast time, until 11.11, don't you love the numbers, a.m. tomorrow morning when the moon will leave Leo and move into Virgo, okay? so. For all intents and purposes, all of that Leo fun and lightheartedness, that self-expression tendency kind of goes a little bit on hiatus <clears throat> as we end the uh, transit through Leo. So we may be left with a feeling of, yay, that moon, you know, brought me something good, but now what? What do I do, right? How do I take care of this? So don't be despairing, right? If you have important things to get done today, get them done earlier in the day before that moon turns to the void. Now, if you're on the East Coast, that doesn't happen until basically 4.20 in the afternoon. So you are in a better position. You'll have, you know, the business day rolling your way for a while. Uh, and it'll be the end of the day, a Friday, you know, knock off early if you're on the East Coast and go on home or uh, just hang out, you know cleaning off your desk for next week. Um, but for those of us on the West Coast, that is right at lunchtime or just past lunchtime, which means that the afternoon may be a little wonky. Like I can't seem to get anything done. I can't get any traction on what I want to do. So you just have to be okay with that. And tomorrow, Saturday won't matter much because most of us aren't doing anything except maybe shopping or doing laundry or fixing our houses up from the week's worth of work. And it won't matter so much, right? But then when the moon moves into Virgo on Saturday, the energy will shift and it becomes a time of, of getting things done. Virgo is earth. It is practical. It is grounded. It is organizing energy. So it might be a good weekend to clean out closets, to 
uh, gather up things that you are that are just taking up space that you really don't want anymore and get them off to the goodwill or to uh, other places that can, you know, disperse to people that would like those things. It might be a great weekend to clean out the refrigerator uh, to, you know, sort of do a, a, a clean sweep of those areas in your house that maybe aren't getting as much attention right now. Also with the moon in Virgo, and this is so fascinating to me, there's the sense in Virgo of purifying things, right? So the moon in Virgo gives us access to this purifying energy, purifying in our bodies, purifying our thoughts and our minds, purifying the environment that we're in, right? So that's where sometimes it's the cleaning thing that comes up. Sometimes it's the organizing thing. But other times it's about what are we ingesting? Because in Virgo, Virgo kind of rules the assimilation aspect of digestion. So, you know, digestion begins in the stomach, but the real work of digestion is in the intestines. And Virgo rules the intestines. And that is where all of the broken down food components are taken in through the bloodstream and into the body for use. Okay. So that's also where the toxins that are produced in that process are taken in. And it is a great possibility for us during this time to clean up our inner environment, to make sure that the foods that you're taking in and so forth are of a pure or quality. Um, lots of different ways this can play out in cleaning and in detoxifying and purifying. And what my daughters and I are doing this weekend is really interesting because it's so Virgoan. We decided that we were going to go back to meal prepping. And in meal prepping, I don't know if you guys know that term, but you, you know, prep ingredients ahead of time uh, for use during the week ahead, or you can prep meals and freeze them or keep them in the refrigerator for the week ahead. And we keep we, we started trying to do that about a year or so ago, and it didn't take off. So I'm hoping on Sunday, after the void is over, and while the moon is in Virgo, that this is a, a process of something that will be really helpful for us. You know why? Because when you're meal prepping, you get all of the ingredients together that you need for a healthy meal, right? I'm not prepping candy to eat right? But what I will do if I don't have something prepped already is I'll reach for the one thing I shouldn't eat, right? Yesterday's breakfast was Pop-Tart on the road uh, to pick up my brother and sister-in-laws. And that's not healthy. But if I had a healthy meal prepped, I might have just been able, and I could have done this, but I didn't. Um, I could have just pulled a breakfast uh, yogurt out or something and eaten that. So meal prepping gives the thought in our mind that we want to purify what we're eating. We want to prep it early so that it's accessible for us. So Virgo, 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 helping us in many ways over the weekend. Now, then the Monday, the moon will actually still be in Virgo. Uh, it's actually all day, half the day Saturday all day Sunday, all day Monday, and doesn't transition until midnight-ish on the 30th into Libra. So we have a long-term transit of the moon here. Like she's deciding to give us more Virgo capabilities. So use it wisely, right? And 
yeah, lots I could say about the moon moving through that Virgo area. Remember, any planet moving through a sign is also drawing in the opposite sign. And the opposite sign of Virgo is Pisces. And Uranus and Jupiter are both, are, I mean, no, they're not. Saturn and Neptune are both in Pisces. So we will have some elements being drawn in with the moon's transit through Virgo of that Piscean Saturn that is warning us about boundaries, where we have too much of a boundary, where we have no boundaries, and where we have fear and walls that we've built in response to those fears, and where we need to bring those walls down or relax those walls. And it is an axis Virgo Pisces is, that reminds us to get out of fear and to get out of the victim mentality, to get out of the martyr mentality, because we're never victims and martyrs, right? That is an old energy pattern on the planet that is moving out, right? Moving out. But it can only move out and out, meaning away from us, if we choose to be strong and courageous and brave, even in the face of a fear that we have, and to uh, go beyond the fear. So don't be surprised if old, you know what, comes up, old fears, old, you know, crap going through your head, uh, old tapes, let's say, old patterns that are um, no longer supporting a healthy you in this new paradigm, right, or in this higher energy uh, frequency that we're creating here on the planet. So go with the flow in terms of cleaning out and cleaning up and restoring health, right? Restoring health. All right. Uh, so that's the moon. Now, the big news, of course, today was Uranus moving out of uh, retrograde. That doesn't happen until this evening. And Uranus is a planet that is associated with innovation, with revolution, uh, with unexpected changes. And Taurus, the sign that Uranus is turning direction in, is an earth sign, of course, that's associated with stability, our material possessions, and sensuality. Uh, also, all of the practical things about um, our, our world, right? Survival energies. And, and, and when I say survival here, I'm not meaning it in the scary, freaky way. I'm talking about survival, like the things that we do that we have to do, like feeding ourselves, eating, right? Taking care of ourselves in order to prosper. And that's what the sign Taurus is always leading toward, prosperity. And it's not prosperity in terms always of just money. I mean, certainly that could be a part of it, but prosperous in terms of even the ground, right? And the, the fruits of our labors and the financial systems, certainly a part of that, um, creating of stability and security in our lives, in our world. Okay, so there, to prosper, some things have to be done. Some things have to be built, right? The foundation. So Uranus here uh, is is kind of bringing up innovative ways for us to create that new foundation. And it can bring about significant shifts over time. You know, when we look back, let's see, next year, 2025, when Uranus moves into Gemini, and we look back at the transit of Uranus and Taurus, we're going to see a huge change. You know, what the, you know, right now we're in the middle of them. 
so we don't see them as clearly. But in a year or so, when we look back, we're going to see how much change Uranus brought us here. And the disruptions in our finances, in our values, in the material world. And what kind of new material world are we living in at the very end of this transit versus how we were living in it at the beginning of the transit, which was almost seven years ago now. Okay. Now, it, when a planet goes retrograde, remember everything turns inward or appears to be moving backward, right? For us, backward means inward. From the perspective on Earth, if if the planet isn't literally turning backwards, but because the Earth is faster than Uranus, uh, it can look to us as if it's moving backwards. And when a planet changes, it's a very delicate time. It becomes a time of uh, chaos, right? It can become a little more turbulent. Uh, it's almost like, you know, your washing machine, if you suddenly stopped the agitation and turned the agitation backwards, the water would take some time to catch up to that new direction. So turbulence, right? Now, as Uranus turns direct, uh, we may sense individually, we may sense some kind of forward momentum coming up in matters, especially related to finance, personal values, your practical survival energies, the practical aspects of life, right? The things that we need to be able to support ourselves. And it could signify a time where maybe ideas that have been percolating are now able to move outwards. And it can become more, uh, it can gain more traction, right? You had this brainy idea a month ago or two months ago, maybe even three months ago, uh, but you couldn't get the traction, you couldn't get the funds, you didn't have the time. And now, boom, those things can start to take on more uh, traction energy so we can get moving forward. Now, those of you who have strong placements of planets in Taurus or are Taurians, uh, you're likely going to feel this energy more than people who don't have as much uh, Taurus energy in their charts. So those of you who do experience these things are the ones that might feel like life like the rug is falling out from under you, or the ground is falling out from under you. You might be the ones experiencing um, unexpected changes or shifts in your financial system, your financial situation. Um, and it doesn't mean bad. It can mean like in an inflow of money that you didn't expect. Um, but either way you look at it, whether it's higher or, you know, something lower, it is an invitation for you to embrace a new perspective and then to maybe adapt to some unconventional ways of doing things. You might be face-to-face, Taurians or Taurus prominent energies in your chart people, um, with where you've been stuck in a comfort zone. And the invitation from the universe is to let you move out of that, move beyond it. So it can be very interesting. Now, all of you, every one of you out there, have Taurus somewhere in your chart. So if you have planets in Taurus, this may apply to you. Like I have Venus in Taurus, so it might apply to me. And everybody has Taurus in a house. So even if you don't have planets in Taurus, you have it in a house in your chart. Let's say you had it in your 10th house. Uh, this would apply then to the career sector of your life, right? Where you are uh, needing to be more innovative or change up some energies of how you present yourself to the world. 
So we all are going to be impacted, some more than others, because of the number of planets they have there or because their sun is in Taurus. Um, and others will be impacted, but maybe not so like in their faces. And some people, it might just be a little blip on the screen. But we do know that when planets change, we are all being invited to change our perspective. So there's that. And sometimes we, because Uranus is a planet that is a collective planet, we might not necessarily feel it inside of us or in our personal lives. It might be more in uh, or at the community level or at the national level or even global level where these kinds of things that need to be changed or where we have to become more, uh, we have to change our perspective come up. Okay, so it could be you experiencing it from outer world circumstances, or it might be something that applies to you personally. So, all right, let's go back here and see how people are doing here. Good morning to all of you, by the way. I didn't list everybody, but I see a lot of you out there this morning. Um, uh, like rising and South Node Taurus 2, Christine, that must be you uh, or anybody. Are you talking about anybody in particular? anybody who has anything in Taurus, whether it's your rising sign. If it's your rising sign, it may be definitely more personalized to your own life, having to reevaluate, value being the word, uh, your finances, your worthiness to receive, your resources, um, your patterns that destabilize your life, right? Or the patterns that have kept you too much in your comfort zone, right? So all of those things can come up. JLo says she has a few asteroids there too. Uh, good, right? Think of those asteroids as little extra spicing in Taurus that is going to show maybe more about how the Taurus energy can show up for you. Uh, but everybody indeed does have that uh, somewhere in their chart. I don't see any other questions. Debbie says it's the huge solar flares. I'm having lots of issues also. Pixels on my TV. Yep. I thought about that too, about solar flares. And, you know, right now the Pacific Northwest is in the sights of an atmospheric river that uh, will likely also create some havoc. So, you know, in anticipation, I'm just thinking maybe um, there's you know, exposure of the weaknesses before the havoc sets in so that we have the time to take care of it. And then when the havoc sets in, it's not so havoc, so much havoc, so chaotic, so turbulent. All right. Now, the other thing that is happening today is Saturn in human design. Now we're going to shift over to human design now because in human design, Saturn today is moving out of the gate 55 and into the gate 37. Both of the fifth, both the 55 and the 37 sit on the solar plexus. So it is the center for or the energy for emotions and creative energy and how we metabolize those energies and put them out into the world, right? It, that works kind of with the throat energies to bring things to pass, right? To bring them out and into the world. Now, the Saturn uh, planet or the Saturn uh, tendency is to bring things into constriction, right, or contraction, to bring it into some sort of form, to build it on a stronger uh, structure, and to kind of narrow the focus. That's what Saturn typically does. But Saturn is in Pisces. 
he's having a heck of a time wrangling those cats together, right? <laughs> Piscean energy is like boundaryless. And Saturn enjoys boundaries. So I'm not sure how happy he is in the boundarylessness of Pisces. But I also know that he is in a time period where he's weakened somewhat, uh, maybe weakening those boundaries so we could really see where we've been stuck. Now, the 37 itself represents the energy for peace and harmony, uh, especially in our relationships, right? It is called sometimes the gate of friendship. We think of it as the gate of loyalty and mutual support, right? It is part of the channel of community uh, that where the 40 to the 37 uh, creates like this family energy. But it can also indicate a challenge, interestingly enough, to maintain boundaries and our individuality in the face of the pressure and expectations we have uh, from the people around us, especially family members, right? Or the pressure that we put on our own selves, right, in the face of expectations of family members or co-workers or authority figures in our lives. And because it's on the emotional center, it requires clarity from the emotions or emotional clarity. We have to really discern what is true and authentic for each one of us versus what isn't. What is just fluff that we've taken in and made it our own when it really might not have even been ours, right? Like beliefs about yourself, right? Or uh, trying how maybe you've people pleased in the past or, you know, tried to keep energy, uh, uh, emotional energy neutral. And you did that by giving parts of yourself away. So pay attention uh, what and, and tap into discerning what is really true for you and what isn't true for you. It is also considered a gate of leadership, interestingly enough, where we can inspire and guide others with integrity and wisdom, right? That to guide others to be a leader is to guide with integrity and wisdom. It is not something that we can do um, without that kind, without that level of integrity. All right, on the positive side. So let's look at the high and the low of the gate 37. And remember, this is spread out over a few, a couple of months. So we're not, uh, in fact, I need to give you that information. Saturn, I think it was until April. That's Uranus, Saturn, Saturn, Saturn. Uh, until, wow, he's going through interesting gates this year. Until March. 12th. So from now until March 12th, we'll be in this gate. So at the positive end of this spectrum of energies that we can experience is the energy for having strong family bonds. And how do we create strong bonds with anybody? It's about communication and about healthy boundaries, right? Knowing where you end and where the other person begins right? Both from both perspectives, where are you tempted to cross over into other people's territory or business? And where are others crossing into your own, right? So we got to We've got to watch for that. Gate 37 energy is all about the feeling of respect that we have for one another. And a healthy gate 37 treats everybody with uh, as a valuable part of the 
uh, family or the community, the tribe, the circle of friends, the uh, level, you know, whatever association or group you're a part of, right? On the negative end of this, though, uh, is this energy for sacrificing ourselves to make sure that the family stays together. Oh, my God, I've seen myself do this 100 times. I do have gate 37 defined. So you're sacrificing yourself, what you want, um, to make sure that everybody else is in good shape, right? To make sure that... Um, the emotional energy is kind of, you know, manageable. And unfortunately, it means that you're busy oftentimes taking care of everybody else and not taking care of yourself. So with gate 37 in this next couple of months, when we are not taking care of ourselves, being responsible for ourselves, then it can be projecting emotions, are projecting our feelings outward onto other people. Uh, and that can mean that we're being mean or, or angry on purpose. Like we strike out, right? The scorpionic little uh, trigger there, even though this doesn't have Scorpio energy. So we want to be, um, we want to take care during these next couple of months with Saturn here to take care of our own emotional well-being, right? Our own emotional expression, knowing what your moods are, right? And this might be easier if you have a defined emotional center meaning it's colored in in your human design, because you're used to being a broadcaster of emotion. But for those of you who have it open, remember, you may be taking in a lot of this emotional energy from other people. And without understanding that mechanism for yourself, you may be projecting your emotional energy that's not even your emotional energy outward in the world. So everybody take a look at your human design chart. Take a look at gate 37 because there's responsibility attached here to the gate 37, to creating peace and harmony. And creating peace and harmony is about being responsible and accountable for your own emotional well-being. I hope that makes sense for everybody, right? We are on a, a fast track, right? Things are kind of speeding up now for us as we are moving to that evolutionary point, human design speak wise, uh, in 2027, where the whole nature of this emotional energy becomes different, right? We have to become more aware of emotional energy and how we're using it, right? It's meant to be an indicator of where we are off track in our lives, where we're out of sorts, tells us where we're not in alignment with our hearts. But unfortunately, we've, we're sort of babies with this in this respect because we take in this emotional energy and we become reactive to it. And then we just sort of spit out, and vomit out, you know, all the anger, the whatever it is we're feeling outward onto other people. So lots to learn here uh, during this particular transit. Um, and you know, what we find then is we find peace by working through our own stuff, right? And then helping others to find peace by working through their stuff, right? Uh, okay, Christine, is the emotional center the solar plexus? Yes, it is. 
It's called the solar plexus. You might always hear it too, or sometimes hear it called the emotional solar plexus. Um, it's the solar plexus and it's the center for emotions and creative energy. Now that brings me to something else. Anything on the emotional center, any planet that is impacting the emotional center is sure to bring up the possibilities for melancholy or a depression feeling in each one of us, a tired feeling, a lethargic feeling. And I just want to remind you, and I can't remind you enough, that emotional energy, creative energy goes through wave moments like that, where in the high, it's the expression of the emotional or creative energy outward. And when it's toward the low, it's about the creating of that idea or inspiration from the inner planes. And sometimes that can feel low. Sometimes it's a it is when you're feeling melancholic, it's a time for you to really go inward and ask some tough questions of yourself. What, where's this coming from? What am I, it, maybe I'm just needing to relax and, and to sit back and wait, right? Waiting doesn't come natural to human beings. Like we have been artificially sort of brought to believe that we have to keep doing and doing and going and going, but that's not true. And that can, that can add, it can, if you're doing and doing and doing all the time and you're not seeing results of what it is that you're trying to create, then that can add to the melancholy, right? Everything has its time. Everything flows. And in the emotional center, it's all about timing. The timing of when I feel good, when the energy is presenting me as an outward posted energy versus when is it coming inward? When is it slowing down? When is it getting quiet? When is it at rest? And then knowing that that will shift again and that emotional energy will be more outwardly focused. Okay. I hope all that makes sense to everybody. Uh, okay. Now, uh, we have on top of this on Saturday, some, the beginning of what are a lot of uh, transits or aspect patterns that are happening between planets. And most of them are pretty good, right? Uh, today, we have the sun in a square to Jupiter. So on top of Uranus going direct, on top of the moon going into a very long void, and on top of the Saturn, uh, Saturn move into gate 37, we have a sun square Jupiter. And the sun is in Aquarius, so it's squaring Jupiter in Taurus. And it can be very challenging as it creates tension between freedom and stability, right? The sun in Aquarius wanting the freedom, Jupiter in uh, Taurus requires some stability. So it can trigger within us. <clears throat> so for example, Uranus is the ruling planet for Aquarius along with Saturn. Saturn's also in there, but let's, the modern ruler is Uranus. And he's rebellious. He is change-making and he's in with the sun, right? Triggering that, bringing that energy forward, meeting up with Jupiter and Taurus, where we have stubbornness perhaps, or kind of an encrusted, uh, like we've dug a nice little rut for ourselves, but also Jupiterian excessiveness, like going over the top. So in some areas of life, we may be having to settle into uh, balancing 
these two different energies. On the positive side, it can really inspire our creativity and our innovative selves, right, and becoming inventive. Uh, but on the other side, we can also have to be facing our indulgences, right? Where have we gone too far too fast? Where have we overspent? Where have we... Um, where have we gone too far too fast, right? That's basically how, how I look at this. And then we need to seek harmony between those. So the sun squaring Jupiter, even though they're both pretty nice planets, right? We like those two planets, but the emphasis can be on where we need to proceed with balance, where we can harmonize things versus sending them off wheeling in a crazy direction. And then on Saturday, so, so remember back, let's see, it was earlier this week on the 23rd, we had the Human Design New Year, and we talked a lot about that. By the way, that course is still available for free. Just go to my website. The very top uh, thing that you'll see says uh, Human Design New Year. Click here to access the course. It will take you to a page where you can sign in. Uh, you create your own login and access those materials if you have not yet been able to do that. Um, the Human Design New Year, even though it starts with imagination energy, is where we have to actually start to coalesce those ideas and inspiration into reality, right? We can't just ki kind of keep paying lip service to all the ideas. We have to do something about them. Well, now we have in astrology, Mercury coming into a conjunction with Mars, and both of them in the sign of Capricorn, a very powerful sign for getting things done, right? It boosts our mental Mercury action or activities. It also boosts our physical energy, Mars, the energy of doing. And uh, that might be something that can actually begin to help us feel confident about what our next steps might be. And we can also feel more motivated to pursue the goals that are ahead of us and overcome the challenges to stick with it. So much, so many of the times, you know, we have this great idea and we want to go for it. We start it out. It doesn't turn out the way we think or it doesn't happen the, in the way that we think it should. And so we give up. Hopefully this is energy that will help you to become more tenacious, to stick with your good idea uh, for and, and to express it in the world in the right timing. This is a time where we may also communicate more forcefully or more assertively or more directly, um, persuasively even. So we got to be careful how we use our words this weekend, right? It's a, it's a good aspect, right? The try or the conjunction can be you're blending both energies of communication and action. So it can be really good but it can also get over the top in terms of being too aggressive or being impatient with others or being harsh in your words. So we want to watch that as well. But what is it a good time for? It is a great time to plan, to organize, and to execute the steps needed to get your projects off the ground, especially those that are related to work or career or profession, because that's what Capricorn rules, right? But you also need to look at where is Capricorn in your own chart, right? So where's their work to be done? It's going to be in the Capricorn part of your chart. So if it's in the sixth house of work, service, and health, there may be some healing work that needs to be done. 
There may be actually some work in your immediate environment that needs to be done, right? If it's in the first house, the work to be done might be on your own self, where you need to change your perspective. You need to look at what obstacles are placed in your way or that you have self-placed most of the time um, or that you've interpreted as a block or limitation rather than going, oh, okay, is this a signal to move in a new direction? Maybe. So take, take, keep all of this in your mind at this time. Um, you, it's also a time, a great time to learn a new skill or to solve problems that have been, you know, sort of difficult or challenging. Um, it can also bring up debates and negotiations. So if you're in the process of negotiating an agreement or a contract, uh, or you find yourself in a debate, this is a good time to use communication energy positively to solve problems or to come into some kind of meeting of the minds, even if it is just agreeing to disagree. <laughs> That's okay too. Um, this is happening, by the way, at the gate 54 in your human design. And now gate 54 sits on the root center. It's the very bottom center and it's a pressure center. And we're all, it is stress energy. So the root center, um, receives energy that then pressurizes us to go and do something, right? We either go towards survival, we go toward emotional energy, emotional alignment and creative energy, or we go up toward the sacral in doing energy. So the gate 54 is actually aimed over at the spleen, and it is called the gate of ambition and drive, um, goal setting. It is a very... Uh, in a lot of human design, when we look at things like uh, your life purpose, um, your soul's journey, we're going to look at the gate 54 in your chart. You know, even if it's not me speaking, oh, let's look at your gate 54. I've looked at that gate 54 because I want to know, is it open? Or which would mean that it is out circumstances around you or people that will prompt you to go on a journey, any kind of journey. Is it defined? If it's defined, then it is likely going to be a self-prompt, something inside of you that prompts you. Or if it's a hanging gate 54, it might be another person who comes into your life that prompts you. So it's a time for starting to take action. But what are we prompted to do here? It's about setting the goal right? Setting out on the journey, taking the first steps of that journey. Okay. So gate 54, very powerful in getting us started moving in a direction. Now we also have Venus in Capricorn. So we're kind of focused on this Capricorn stuff uh, the, this weekend. Venus in Capricorn in a sextile, which is a 60 degree relationship between her and Saturn in Pisces. And that's a pretty harmonious aspect, right? It's not a difficult aspect. It brings stability. It can even add, you know, some maturity in our relationships where we see ourselves in a more uh, auspicious light uh, and how, it how we are meant to work with other people. It might even stabilize financial type things. Venus rules finances, Saturn rules stabilizing. But it can also help us to uh, balance the practical and realistic of Capricorn energy with the more intuitive, compassionate nature of Saturn in Pisces. Uh, 
So, right, so much energy these days is really about harmonizing these two parts of ourselves, right? The duality. Yes, we're in 3D. So we have to do something practical, right? If we want to go to the grocery store, we've got to go there. I can't just sit here. Well, now we can sit here and order groceries, but there's still action implied there to order something, right? So we have action that's tied to everything that we do. Even the most mundane things. If I wanted to get breakfast, I would need to get out of my chair and go into my kitchen and get something to eat. So what we have here is the practical expression. But we're also very much needing to stay aware of the intuitive impulse, the spiritual impulses, the emotional impulses that are also working. So we have to blend them or balance or harmonize them. All right. Because sometimes the intuition. So I get up, I go to my breakfast or go get a get breakfast made. And now I have to use my intuition about, well, what's what is going to go good with my body in this moment? What groceries, if I'm going to go grocery shopping, do I need to add to my list? You know, so we're using both hemispheres of our brain, both sides, spiritual and uh, intuitive and the actual action sides. And it is uh, a good time for creative energy. It is a good time to um, look at your long-term commitment in your relationships, in your finances, any project that requires patience and discipline on your part is really good right now to take a look at and reevaluate what you're doing there, right? What's say what's what's working and worth saving versus what's not working and what's worth letting go. All right. Now Sunday's transits uh, are also Capricorn in nature. We have Mercury in Capricorn on Sunday in a trine a smooth flow of energy back and forth with Uranus in Taurus. Now, Taurus and Capricorn are both Earth signs, so they get along well. They, they got it, right? They got it going. And I always think about this. Uranus is the higher mind, right? It is the inspiration, the epiphany, the aha moment, the uh, revelation moment, that comes through the higher mind. And I think of Mercury as the mind, as the brain, where we're calculating, where we're comparing and contrasting, uh, where memory is, you know, recalled, where we do something with the inspiration, right? That's where it begins in the mind. So Sunday really indicates a time of original thinking, maybe creative breakthroughs, innovative, innovative solutions, maybe to longstanding problems. Lots of good stuff coming with that Mercury trine Uranus. It might be a great day to keep a uh, pen and a pad next to you or uh, the recorder. That's not my phone. Well, that went flying. Uh, your phone recorder nearby because you might be impulsed with things uh, out of the blue. That might be the breakthrough that you've been waiting for. Okay, so keep that in mind. Uh, the whole transit of Mercury in uh, trying to Uranus favors communication and learning, networking, right? Getting out with other people, sharing um, your interests and values with others. It's great. You uh, might also find that it's a great time to nurture yourself, right? To take care of your own needs, honor your uh, need for rest or relaxation, 
um, sometimes, you know, we can have such a busy mind that it's hard to shut it down and it's hard to get rest, right? Sometimes my husband will look at me and he'll go, your mind is so loud, I can hear it. (laughs) Usually this is early in the morning if I've waken up before him or late at night, we go to bed and I'm laying there thinking about everything. He's like, stop it. I can hear your brain. So sometimes your brain gets really activated by some of these transits and uh, it is uh, a call for us to to shut it down and uh, maybe, you know, just let the thoughts come and go, right? Let them come, let them go. All right. Now, before I leave today, I want to talk about the Human Design Week ahead. So um, what's coming up this week? Uh, 28th, so on Sunday, is the change from the gate 41, where the sun has been creating the whole human design new year, and it moves into the gate 19, which is on the root center, right, and headed, it's facing outward toward the emotional center, and the earth will be at the gate 33, which is a gate we call retreat, and the gate 19 is called the gate of sensitivity. So, it is a, a combined energy that really is bringing us into sensitivity of all sorts. So empathy, compassion for one another, for ourselves, right? That kind of sensitivity. It's also bringing us into psychic sensitivity. The ability for us and all humans can do this, uh, the ability for us to read the future, right? To see where, what energy lines are taking us where, what, what are those energy lines taking us to? What are the likely choice points um, that are ahead of us, right? In our own lives, but in the world at large. And also um, the sensitivity piece can also like to send us toward more connection with others. The 19 loves to be in connection. It loves to be in relationship. So it really impacts us uh, in that, on that level, on the, the level of relationships. And we might need to work on relationships here because our tendency is to want connection so badly that we give ourselves away. So we, we're going to be mindful of that next week. How much of ourselves are we giving away, right? Because we want to bond or we want to belong or we want to connect so badly that we have been willing to compromise ourselves, sacrifice ourselves. We have, that's the second time the word sacrifice has come up in relation to the energies of this weekend. And moving on into the week, that is something we'll want to consider, What am I giving up too much of in myself in order to be in that relationship or in that job or in that connection, right? So be thinking about that. Now, gate 33 gives us the wisdom to know when to withdraw and reflect on our experiences, right? The 33 is on the throat center. So it is where we need to button up, right, to be more quiet, more private, right, more um, concerning uh, ourselves with maybe contemplation, meditation, 
right? Where we take the time for ourselves. And that combined with Mercury and Uranus in that trine, we may also have access to such striking inspiration and revelations about things from our past and how they uh, affect our, our now. And what does that mean for us going forth, right? So much can come in when we honor the need for ourselves, at least on Sunday and into next week, to uh, honor our need for rest and reflection. And again, this is a week before we get to the, you know, time, this has been in this dream time that's generated by the sun's move into the gate 41, where we're considering all the options, but which ones are we going to coalesce into reality and take action on? This is a part of the reflection this weekend, right? What am I going to take action on? How do I want to show up? How, and like I was talking, I'm going to share this really quickly. I was talking to a friend uh, the other day, and this happens to me frequently. I get these brainy ideas for other people. Um, if ever any of you need ideas to do something, you might just want to spend five, 10 minutes with me because I might rearrange your whole life for you. Uh, it's happened so many times. I've just sort of taken it for granted in my life. And I got this really great idea. And I was like, this is this is this I, this insight that I have for you. And it caused an excitement within her. And she was like, yes, I can do this. Um, but the timing period that we're in right now is the time where the idea is there and it's coalescing, but we're in the planning stages. We're putting it all together. It doesn't mean that you can't take steps toward it, but it's time to, to let that all kind of come in. And that takes time. It takes reflection. And then as we move into the following week's energy, we begin to coalesce those ideas into reality, right? So that's kind of the week that we have. It's a great time to nurture yourself and others. It's also a good time to honor that whole idea of rest and reflection and to allow yourself to take in these ideas and then try to place them in their right and proper order in your life. Uh, J-Lo, that would be connecting to your SQ49 at at Design Mercury. And she says, Ugh, I'm so stuck on that energy only because it has to do with my grandbaby. Ooh. Maybe do some journaling around that and see, you know, about the boundaries, right? Where's your boundary and where is hers? Your your daughter in this case, uh, or son. Uh, I guess it's a daughter because I think you only have girls. <laughs> Thanks, Asa. All right, let's do a card reading for the weekend. I am feeling like I kept eyeing this one deck this morning, so I'm going to pull it out. It's the Ener the Oracle of Seven Energies, Colette Baron reed And um, yeah, let's do that. And funny enough, I pulled out the Yule cards, and I know we're well past that season. Not that far past it, but we're past it. But I'm going to pull one of those too, because... It was, a, it was a Christmas gift, so I didn't get to spend much time with it before with all of you. And I don't want to wait till next Christmas, so we're going to use it today. All right, let's see what the Seven Energies has for us. Ah, the Storyteller. And the Storyteller is card number 17 in this deck. 17 is an 8. The Storyteller. It's a really kind of nice card. Look at a key. Ooh, there's a key. I love keys. All right, so 17. And what does this mean for us? You know, 
kind of the 33 is uh, where the earth is going to be for the week ahead, starting on the 28th. And it receives the stories. So what stories are you receiving? Um, the storyteller card, identity, positive self-definition, teaching others how to treat you through the stories you tell about who you are. That's an interesting twist, isn't it? Do you know the story you tell others about who you are? You are a unique being with unique talents and a story unique to you and your experience. In fact, your destiny can be found in the way you weave together these threads of yourself in the world. If there's anything in your life you want to change, then it's time to adjust the story you tell about yourself. Perhaps you are too self-deprecating or apologetic about how you shine, minimizing your power so others will accept you. Perhaps the way you voice your expectations diminishes your ability to succeed, or you are too willing to tolerate a less than supportive environment. Mm. It's easy to be in denial when it comes to others and their behavior towards you. Understand, however, that you teach people, this is important, you teach people how to treat you through how you talk about yourself. Wow. Understand, however, that you teach people how to treat you through how you talk about yourself. Once you recognize what story you're telling others about how to treat you, you can tell a different one. What if you could connect to your true power as a co-creator of your reality? The story originates in your mind, how you think, your conditioning and past experiences, how you view the world and what you expect to see in it. The truth is you have everything you need to tell a new tale and weave more blessings into the world as your unique contribution. In fact, practice speaking of your amazing success, your overflowing abundance, and all the love that surrounds you. Soon, the outer world will tell the same story back to you. It's all in your hands or it's all in your words, right? What's the story you want to tell? And what story are you telling? You can tell by the way people treat you what story you're telling. Okay. And this is actually called the Yuletide Tarot. And I know it's very Christmassy, but I'm going to play with it nonetheless. And these cards are going to be more tarot cards, right? So like the Rider Weight deck has, you know, pentacles and uh, swords and things like that. This deck has different symbology, but they're related to the tarot deck. So let's see what we get. And this is the King of Good Cheer. And here's the picture of the card, the King of Good Cheer. He's kind of looking, I don't know what he's doing there, mixing a drink perhaps, but it came out upside down. So let's see if that means anything. And the king of good cheer, got to find him first. Ah, cheer. Here we go. The strong-willed individual is very much in charge of their emotions, demonstrating such control they can often appear stoic and aloof. They are extremely generous to their loved ones, sometimes to a fault, but they are not so quick to be emotionally expressive with strangers. They have a mastery over their emotional state, but their tongue can often be acidic and cuttingly truthful. This is a person who does not always wear their heart on their sleeve and will often judge others for being freely expressive of emotions. When it's reversed, this is the face of dishonesty and corruption. 
Often in this position, the king has been hurt by past issues and is reacting inappropriately. They are using their own talents and creativity in manners that are deceitful or deceptive and hurtful. Kind of a little bit of a warning for us, I guess, right? Don't take your wound and attach an emotion to it and then create havoc out there in the world through your emotions. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that is it for me today. Thank you so much for being with me. We didn't even get interrupted by Wave Cable. This is awesome. Uh, I will see you all on Monday, hopefully with a whole new system set up that's working all the time. I'm going to put that out there into the universe. Take care, everybody. Be inspired this weekend. Be healthy this weekend. Remember, the moon will be in Virgo. Take care, and I'll see you on Monday. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.